This is the Birth, Baby, and Life Podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're stepping into our power in episode number 167. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life Podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, ladies. This is Kristen Burgess from naturalbirthandbabycare.com. And today we are going to talk about something that I have really spent a lot of time pondering lately, and that is what I think of as a woman's sovereignty in birth, and what I think of as stepping into your power during your pregnancy and birth experience. In the last couple of podcast episodes, we've talked about healing from a bad birth and what is the real deal behind birth and looking at some of the institutional things that are going on, I guess for lack of a better word, because that's really what it is, is institutional interests in birth. And I want to be clear that routines and standardizations are helpful for institutions. I mean, they're even helpful in life. When I think about my day-to-day life, raising my children routines are essential and some level of standardization helps with life. So that helps in the circumstance of pregnancy and birth. I mean, midwives have routines that they use. They have checklists. I'm going to talk to a client about this topic during this week and offer this during this week and check this during that week. So routines and standardization aren't bad necessarily. But the level of routine and standardization that you see in institutions don't often serve pregnant and birthing women. While care might look similar, you deserve to be seen as a beautiful and a sovereign woman. And this is where many care providers do have this right. I'll say there are even doctors who have this right. There are midwives who have this right. There are midwives who don't. But there are many who have guidelines and templates and routines and checklists, but they look at the individual woman before them. This doesn't often happen, however, in an institution like a hospital during labor because, well, things are just moving quickly. And even ironically, if things aren't moving quickly, there's a routine or a procedure that is meant to take care of that that doesn't necessarily look deeper than the surface. So what is essential for us as women, and especially for you as a birthing woman, is finding your voice and creating the pregnancy and birth that you want to have. And that that may be within one of these systems or structures that's already there. And that can happen because when you see yourself as a powerful woman with a voice, you become what drives your care rather than the routines, rather than the procedures, rather than just being a cog in a wheel. I titled this episode, How to Get Off the Conveyor Belt. And I was really thinking about that. I had some testing just a couple of days ago and it really brought me back to 
earlier pregnancies where I had sought obstetric care. You know, this wasn't related to obstetrics at all, which is, that's pregnancy and birth care. For those of y'all who don't know the lingo, but an obstetrician practices obstetrics. So anyways, what happened is there was this waiting area out front. And then I got taken to a waiting area in the back. So I couldn't be with my support because I was with, you know, I was with other people who were back in the second waiting area. But, you know, my support person had been left out front. And it it reminded me of going to the obstetrician's office many, 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 many years ago. It would have been while I was pregnant with Asher or Brennan. And I, I had gotten a little bit of testing done you know, like my prenatal workup and that sort of testing had to be done at an OB's office in the state that I was in. And and so I went from being out front with a support person to going to the back. You had to pee in a cup, get weighed, and then you waited in this second waiting area. And then finally you went to your room and, and then your partner or your husband or whomever could come back with you and I was just really pondering that because the situation that I was in last week for the lab testing that I had to have done was similar where you were stuck in a second waiting room and that's where I waited all alone even though the testing was overwhelming and it's just, it's efficient for the institution, for the hospital or the doctor's office but it's not really looking at at the person, and it felt a lot like a conveyor belt. I used to joke then, again, way back in the day, you know, Asher's 18, Brennan's 16, so many years ago that you felt kind of like cattle because you were just being moved from pen to pen to pen. And that's one of the reasons why I chose the episode title, How to Get Off the Childbirth Conveyor Belt, because you're just on this conveyor belt from the beginning of your pregnancy onward. And again, when you're running an institution or an office like that, I guess in some ways, you know, it has to go like that. But it's it's remarkably contrasted with my experience with my midwives. And it's also remarkably contrasted with my experience in stepping into my sovereignty and paying attention to my own care. And I have always sought to do or to have prenatal care with a provider partially because I wanted that emotional support, which, of course, I got that from a midwife. I wouldn't have gotten that from an OB's office. But in some of my pregnancies, I've done my own prenatal care concurrently to what I was getting with my midwife, just for my own records and because it's what felt right to me. And even honoring myself, of course, looked very different than that conveyor belt, even if I was choosing to do the same similar things like checking my weight and my blood pressure and my peeing on a, in a cup and checking it and that kind of thing, you know. It was different. And that's where I want to step into today on this podcast episode is that sovereignty and that it's not that those things that they do aren't valid or important or things that we should do during pregnancy, but it's what's behind it and the entirety of the experience and how the experience is centered that matters. 
the most important thing for this is for you to believe that you are sovereign. For you to believe that you are the one that matters. And your baby, of course, matters. But one of the fundamental precepts of woman-centered care and of mama-baby care, that's why my online childbirth class is Mama Baby Birthing, which you can get more information about at mamababybirthing.com. And my even my consulting is called Mama Baby Rising because it's so important to me to look at the mother and the baby. And essentially, what is good for you is what is good for your baby. You've heard me say it dozens of times if you've been listening to this podcast for a while. It's very much like if you get on an airplane, you're going to hear... Put on your oxygen first if the, you know, if something's an emergency situation. Put on your oxygen first and then put the oxygen on your child. When you're taking care of you, it's almost always synonymous with taking care of your baby. Because when you're genuinely taking care of yourself, then you are nourishing your baby. And that will be true throughout your parenthood experience. And I think we have persistent stereotypes of a selfish mother. And... Maybe, maybe there are women. I mean, many of us have grown up with a mom who wasn't there for us as much as we needed and that kind of thing. And there are some moms who were truly neglectful. Though I would also challenge our cultural narratives and our, our dominant stereotypes. I love, and I think I've shared before, this concept that I've been introduced to recently of the good enough mother. And I can't remember if I've shared it or not, but I want to share it here. And that concept is that children actually grow up healthier and more resilient when they have good enough parents as opposed to perfect parents. So the fact that a mom isn't always 100% able to meet her child's emotional needs and isn't 100% able to be perfect causes the child to have to rely on their own internal strength on some level and that develops resiliency and that develops coping skills and those sorts of things. It's good for a child, a child who grows up with a parent who could theoretically meet all of their emotional needs and everything that they need would actually grow up emotionally stunted because they would never learn to develop that well of their own resilience. They would never learn to develop those coping skills. And so there are areas that we can look back. I can look back. My mom was chronically ill for a significant number of my growing up years and still is. And my dad was really busy and really overwhelmed with all of that and worked two jobs for a period to help pay medical bills. I can look back and see ways that I wish that my parents had been able to be there more. And I can look back and see ways that I felt like I wasn't good enough and all kinds of challenges that came through all of that. Some things that I still struggle with today. But I can also look back and say that I did develop a level of resilience from that. And I can look back and see where there was traumas and things that impact me today, but also strengths. So I'm not saying that we need to be neglectful of our children or anything. But what I am saying is that if sometimes we step back from our children and say, I'm going to meet my own needs because this helps me be a better parent, that is an okay thing. And that's a bit of a rabbit trail from where I was going. But what I want to do is I want to fight the dominant narrative that, you know, like, quote unquote, taking care of you means neglecting your baby. You know, it means going out 
on some shopping spree or sticking your baby with a babysitter or not paying any attention to the baby in the womb. I'm not talking about going out and doing a wild wild partying or doing drugs or crazy things where you're not thinking about your child. But what I am saying is that when you do, in fact, especially during pregnancy, put yourself first and say, I'm really going to take care of me. That almost always equates taking care of your baby. And really and truly what I would challenge you to think is that when you stand firm and say, I'm going to take care of myself, probably what you're saying is there are other people's needs and concerns and emotional hangups and things that I'm not going to worry about so much. And that might be your mother's or your partner's or your doctor's or whatever. But you're not going to worry so much about what other people think and you're going to take care of you. And that's probably the reality. And the, and what happens in society is people will translate, you're not taking into consideration how or what I think or what makes me comfortable. Therefore, you're not being a good mother. They'll kind of guilt trip you because you're not doing what they want. And I'm not saying that this is overt or even something that the other person realizes, but that's what we often see is you're doing something that makes me uncomfortable. And so I'm going to try and get you to change by implying or even outright stating that you're not taking care of your baby. And this might seem over the top. You may not have encountered this, and if you haven't, it's a real blessing. But I have seen it a lot. I've been helping pregnant and birthing women for uh, over 16 years now. And I've seen this happen a lot. And I felt this happen in my own life over time. And I've had to stand firm in my own sovereignty. This is something that I got a crash course in in my very first pregnancy because I made a choice that was very different. I was very young. I had my first when I was still a teenager and I chose to have a home birth with a midwife. And that was, yeah, just, just not what people were expecting. And it, people did consider it to be, um, you know, maybe even a rebellious choice. Or a stupid choice and naive choice. And so I had to stand up and realize that I 100% believe that this is right for me and my baby. And and this is what I'm going to do. I've been reading um, and doing some of my coursework. I've been doing a history course and looking at the American founding and the Declaration of Independence and... That concept of individual rights and natural rights and, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and all of that. And I believe that we as birthing women need to look at our individual rights and step into that. We're especially in a climate right now where it's, it's really being emphasized, oh, you should do what's right for the collective, and on a level, there is validity to that. And I'm not going to get political or even into any of the pandemic nonsense that's going on as I'm recording this. But I do believe that we are born with a level of sovereignty and autonomy for our bodies. And we get to make 
the choices that are the choices that are right for our bodies and for our babies. And I believe that when, again, you're going to hear me say it again and again, because I just believe it so fundamentally at my core. When a mother is taking care of herself, she is taking care of her baby. An issue that we see, especially in obstetrics, but to some extent, I think in all of the medical profession, is that the patient is looked at, and I say the patient because that's the medical word, is looked at as not on the same level. And especially in obstetrics, it's, you know, you're having a child and in some ways you get looked at as a child. I know that when I was having Cassidy, I was looked at as a child because here's this teenager, you know, this dumb teenager who's having a baby. So it's a baby having a baby. Excuse me, ladies. And, but the truth is, is you are having a child. You are, you are not a child. You are a woman, a sovereign woman. And you may, you know, you may think, well, Kristen, that's easy for you to say because you have this encyclopedic knowledge about pregnancy and birth and baby. And there's truth to that. I mean, I have lived pregnancy, birth, and baby for a lot of years of my life, literally. And figuratively, in just that I've been up to my ears, over my ears, completely buried in pregnancy, birth, and baby for the last 16 plus years. But the truth is, is I was sovereign when I was a 19-year-old who had read a couple books about natural birth and read Mothering Magazine and decided that that's what I wanted. And I really didn't know all that much. Um, And you're sovereign in your pregnancy and birth right now. So you, you may not have as much knowledge as say an obstetrician or a midwife, but you have knowledge about yourself and you may feel like, you know, okay, well, I don't, I don't know a lot about this, Kristen. I don't know a lot about trusting myself and I'll come back to that in a minute. But I want you to realize that even if you feel like your experience is limited and your knowledge is limited, that's okay. You still know you and you can still tune into you and you can still pay attention to how you think and feel about things and consider not just that those are valid, but that those are, are the priority. What you're, you are in a consulting relationship. Think about a business that hires a consultant. The consultant comes in, assesses what's going on, makes recommendations, and the business can choose to follow those or not. I'm working with somebody right now, a small business consultant who's helping me look at the website and everything that I'm doing on the business side of natural birth and baby care. And I can choose to follow her advice or not. I don't feel intimidated by her. I mean, I feel like she's got a level of expertise and objectivity that I don't have. And I value that. But I don't feel like if I chose not to follow her advice, that I would be being childish or stupid. Or that she's somehow superior to me. She has a different perspective than I do. She has expertise. She's helped a lot of small business owners, micro business owners, a lot of women business owners to be able to balance the practical side of the business with the heart and soul of what they want to do. And I value that a lot. And I realize that she's seen a lot. And so I value her advice, but I, would, I don't feel like I would be stupid or that she would be offended or mean to me or anything if I didn't decide to take her advice. And that's really the way that we should look at our relationship with a care provider for sure. And most definitely with a mother or another loved one or a girlfriend or somebody who's giving advice about pregnancy. 
they may bring up a valid point. So I was talking to a friend in, the other day about some advocacy work that we're doing, and she was talking about, oh, my sister says I come across as somewhat abrasive. And I've been trying to work on that. So her sister gave some advice, and she thought about it and said, you know what? I think she's right. And so she's become aware of that. But it's it's being able to take that feedback that other people give us and filter it through and say, okay, this is valid. And sometimes we might say, this isn't valid. This doesn't work. This isn't right. But what I want you to realize is that there's still that sovereignty. I'm, you know, I am still the one who's running my business if I decide to take my consultant's advice or not. My friend is still the one who's considering her approach to advocacy and and how she how she advocates for things and how she phrases things and even her tone of voice. She gets to take her sister's advice, take it or leave it, so to speak. And that really is the way that it is in birth. You're not a child. You are a full partner in this. You are a peer in many levels. Maybe not a peer on a professional level, but on an adult and relating level, you are. And in fact, you are really a step above because you are the boss. You are the one who's hired these people. Just like the CEO hires the consultant, he or she doesn't feel intimidated by the consultant. The consultant is technically lower than them on the totem pole. The consultant has specialized expertise in this one area comes in, gives it in that area, and then the CEO sees the entirety of the organism, which in this case is a business, and decides how they will, if they will, implement the consultant's recommendations. And in that, you are CEO of yourself and of your pregnancy and of your life. You see a lot more. This pregnancy is an important and vital thing. I would even say the central thing in your life right now in many ways. But it's not all of it. And you see yourself in ways that especially the medical profession doesn't see. Many midwives are better about seeing this. But you're not just a pregnant body. You are a woman. You are a body. You're a heart. You're a spirit. You're a mind. There are these multiple aspects of you. And all of those are important. And all of those, that totality of the person that you are is who will raise this child. And when you honor the totality of that person and the sovereignty of that woman, then you are honoring the mother that you are, that you will become, that you will grow into as you grow through parenting this child and even beyond. And this experience is vital for your child, but it's also vital for you. I also want to... You, you're you not being a child if you want a good experience. That's another characterization that we often see is that you're being childish to want a good experience. You're, you're being selfish and childish. You're putting yourself ahead of your baby. And I've emphasized it a lot already on this episode that very rarely is that the case. Mothers are willing to do anything (laughs) for their children. They put their baby first in a lot of ways, even to their own detriment. And in some ways, that's important. We need to be able to do that. But in some ways, what we've done is actually create mothers who are harmed and who who don't get the healing that they need and the support that they need because the belief is just she'll get over it. 
she's done what's best for the baby, the healthy baby's what matters, and she'll get over it. And I've, I've talked about that some in some of the mo- more recent podcast episodes. And that's, that's a wrong perspective to take. But it is the perspective that leads to this implication that you're being childish if you want a good experience. You wanting a good experience, you wanting to step into your power in this birth, is not at all childish. It serves you and your baby. (laughs) It serves the world when we have powerful women. When I did uh, last spring, when I did the, um, the pregnancy event where I had the 21 different speakers come on, and we went across 21 days of just pregnancy and birth goodness. One of the OBs that I talked to, we talked about that at the very end of his talk, which is, and I, I just spontaneously asked him the question because it just, it felt right at that time. But it was asking about what happens if we as a society honor mothers and their voices and what they need. What does that do to the mother? What does that do to the woman? And ultimately, what does that do to our society? And I loved his answer because he talked about how having strong mothers benefits our society. When we have, when you have strong women who are confident in their power, we have a better society. And that's not because I'm promoting any sort of political agenda. It's because I truly believe that when we have women who are sovereign and in their power, we have healthier families. We have women who are able to fight. Life is bittersweet. I was talking to a friend about this last night. Life is is bittersweet. I was I was actually feeling a little bit grumpy and cynical about something. Uh, and, you know, they said life can be cruel. And I thought about it. And that's definitely true. But... Even while I was pondering this particular cruelty that we were discussing, I was thinking that really life is a blessing. I've seen a lot of blessings concurrently at this same period of life that's been so challenging for my family. And so life is bittersweet. And we need strength and resilience for that. That's the point that I'm getting at with that, is we need strength and resilience. And when we have women who have gone through this journey of pregnancy and birth and into motherhood, being honored and having a voice and feeling strong and powerful. That's building strength and resilience that serves her and her family and the greater world beyond and whatever she does, whatever you do beyond that. So it's a beautiful thing. Okay, let's talk about some practical things because I know I'm getting long here. I want you to get the right perspective on relationships in this because that helps you step into your sovereignty. And that's relationship with your care provider, which I've already talked about quite a bit as I've rambled through this podcast episode. But your care provider is there as a peer, as a consultant for you. Look at that relationship in that way. And then there's a relationship with, say, your friends and your extended family and those people And I put those relationships on the same level, even though you might think, oh, you know, what's going on between me and my mom and my parents is different than me and my friends. But in some ways, it's really not because 
you know, these are people who love you and care about you, but they're not the people who call the shots. And so they're going to give you their thoughts and opinions. And it may feel like it really matters, especially if you have a really close relationship with, say, your parents. But ultimately, it's this, it's similar and that these people give you input and feedback, but you need to, and you consider that. But you need to do what is right for you and your baby, what's right for you and your child and what's right for you in this situation and step into that. Even if you step on toes, remember if people get upset because of the decisions that you make, it's much more about them than it's about you. It's about their feelings about themselves and it's about how they feel about the fact that, oh, they didn't listen to me and it's not so much about you. And I just encourage you to step into that power and be sovereign The other relationship that's really important is, of course, your relationship with your partner or your spouse. And that relationship is going to feel bigger. And especially if there's disagreement, because this, I mean, there's a good chance that this person is this baby's parent as well. And that feels important and valid. But I want you to realize that you still need to step into your power at this point. You are still ultimately sovereign. You are the one who's carrying this baby. You're most likely the one who's going to nurse this baby. And yes, both of you are going to parent. And even if you have some egalitarian equality kind of stuff in parenting, which is good. This is still a journey on a profound level for you. And you stepping into your power and your sovereignty is still ultimately, I think, the bottom line. It's the buck stops here kind of thing. Because it is what prepares you for the transition to motherhood and into the strength that you will need. And there are no guarantees in life. You know, there are moms, there are children who lose their mothers, there are children who lose their fathers, children who lose parents for various reasons. So there's no promises in life. But I do know that you ultimately are the one who's sovereign. And what I see many, many, many times is that you realize on some level how fundamental this is, but a partner just doesn't quite get it on the same level. I see this even with mama baby birthing classes. So, you know, we buy all the stuff. Like, you know, people, I, <laughs> I've got this Zoom group, a support group we've been meeting for since the beginning of the pandemic. Kind of the support group went on Zoom and, you know, it's guys and gals, and, and one of the guys, his daughter is having a baby, right? And he's talking about, she asked him to buy the stroller, and then she told him the stroller, and he goes to buy, buy baby to buy the stroller, and he's like, holy bleep, 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 because this stroller is hundreds and hundreds of dollars, right? And so he's, you know, he's a good daddy, good grandpa, says buying the stroller. But I I can't help but think about that. That's a norm in our society is to spend hundreds of dollars, even a thousand dollars on a stroller and baby gear and layette and cribs and all this stuff. And I don't think that's necessary, but it's normal. People do it without batting an eye. Yet a mom talks about how she wants to buy a natural birthing course and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we just don't have that in the budget, babe, and that stretch in the budget. And do, do you really need that? You can just go take this course from, you know unnamed corporate baby sites their course is free you can see i found it in the app store go do this and it so it it's normative not to honor i mean yeah that course probably has slick graphics and explains the mechanics of childbirth and 
Tells you what to do when the doctor says, oh, everything's stopped. Go, let's get a C-section. It may tell you how to handle that situation, but does it honor you? Does it honor you on every level? If you go through mama baby birthing or probably many other natural childbirth courses, they're going to honor you on every level. In mama baby birthing, I talk about all the practical stuff. But I also cover the heart stuff and the soul stuff, the spirit stuff. We talk about the intellect, the choices, the interventions, all of that. But we also talk about the heart and soul of birth and of pregnancy and of motherhood. It's much more. Why is it why is it selfish or a splurge or out of the budget to do that? And so when I talk about your partner or your spouse, it's especially coming back to this concept that you are worthy. You know, you're not chopped liver here. If a stroller is a valuable splurge, a worthy splurge, I mean, I like I he was talking about, oh my gosh, they have Bye Bye Baby and it's even called B-U-Y, B-U-Y. And I was like, man, I love going into those stores. I just, I don't like, you know, I've I've raised eight babies on a shoestring, really, but I haven't splurged a lot. But gosh, I love going in there. I love looking into little baby clothes and all the baby stuff. I just love it. Even if I'm not going to buy it. You know, so I don't have a problem with that. But what I have a problem with is that we as women can't step up and say, you know, this is important to me. I think one of the biggest arguments that Scott and I had across our babies was I uh, hired a birth photographer. It cost a lot of money. But it was super, super, super important to me. And the reason, I don't think it was the cost necessarily. It's just at that time, finances were not, not good because he had been laid off and a whole bunch of other stuff. So anyways, I, but to me it was important. And I, you know, I, I put my foot down, so to speak, and said, this is important to me. I need I need this. And today, given everything that's happened, I treasure those pictures. I'm so grateful that I did that. And I share this. It's a really vulnerable thing for me. But it was so important to me. And really, my baby's births, I paid for all my baby's births out of pocket. It was so important to me. And I'm not saying that you need to necessarily spend money. But I'm saying that these are things where, again, like, you know, people aren't going to bat an eye at a freaking thousand dollar stroller, but somehow a woman is, she's selfish or it's not in the budget for her to pay for the birth that she wants or birthing courses that will support her or working with somebody. In my Mama Baby Rising program, I work one-on-one with women, some of whom don't have access to, say, a midwife or something in their area. And it's, I mean, that, that's an investment for them to work with me. It's an investment in themselves. And so I'm not saying that any of this requires a lot of money. It's just that money often is used as a qualifier for why we shouldn't do what we need to do, even though people wouldn't bat an eye in another circumstance. What I'm saying is I want you to look at your voice in the relationship And there are many things It may be about what you need to eat or that you need some time to rest or some time alone or some time to exercise or whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be about money. But is you being able to stand up and say that what I need is valid? That's important. That's part of stepping into your sovereignty. Pregnancy and early motherhood are time to let yourself be mothered, to be served. We as women take the role as 
nurturers and servants very naturally. So look at this time as a time that you're nurturing your baby and you can be nurtured on whatever, whatever level that is. The truth is, is that preparing for a sovereign birth is really on you. It's on you to step into that power and to find your voice, to do soul searching, to figure out what's important to you and what's not. There may be some things that don't matter to you, you know, things that might be part of the routine or whatever, or some things that you don't feel like you need. But there might be some things that you do feel like you need. Another thing is, uh, is having some help cleaning the house after one of our babies was born. That was something that felt important to me, even though Scott didn't see where it was important. So sometimes it's, you look at what you need. And there are some times when you might say, no, I don't really necessarily need this. I mean, I've, some people want to go away and have a period away and do a retreat or something before their babies are born. That's not something I've ever done. But it might feel important to you. So look at what feels important to you and look at it truthfully and honestly. And ask yourself, how is my voice in this relationship? This doesn't mean that you need to be obnoxious or demanding or anything like that. But it does mean get comfortable with your voice. I, I believe that with great power comes great responsibility. We as mothers are so, are, we're responsible for so much. And so we're powerful and also responsible. But I believe that every mother can sense that. So part of this is practical preparation. I talk about practical preparation all the time. I mean, that's what Mama Baby Birthing incorporates for sure is that practical preparation. It's nourishing yourself. It's listening to yourself. It's getting into the habit of honoring yourself in practical ways. Am I thirsty? Get a drink. Do I need to pee? Go to the bathroom, even if it's for the 50 millionth time today. Do I need to gain birthing skills? Yes. I'm going to answer that question for you. So take the time to work on those birthing skills. Listen to yourself. I, I'm, I'm sleepy. I need a nap. I need some time away. I've tried to be more gentle with myself recently and say, you know what? I'm overwhelmed with parenting all of these children all day long. It's really intense. And I'm going to just take a moment to step into my room and breathe and then go back out and handle whatever the situation is. It's okay to say that I need to honor myself. And when you start to honor yourself in small ways, you tune in more and more. And that's what I would encourage you across the course of this pregnancy is to start small, honoring yourself in the little ways and finding small pockets of joy in your day. Little things like a cup of tea or enjoying a song that you like, singing with a song that you like, maybe dancing. Or taking a minute to read a chapter in a book, a few minutes to read a chapter in a book. Or closing your eyes for a few minutes and going through a guided relaxation. It can be a pregnancy relaxation like I include a mama baby birthing. Or it could be anything. You know, whatever it is that nourishes you. Do these tiny little things. And at your next appointment, ask your doctor or midwife some questions. Not necessarily pregnancy questions, but as they talk about things. Even as they listen to the baby's heartbeat. Why, you know, why do we listen to the baby's heartbeat at every appointment? Get explanations. Start to assert yourself. Step into that level of power, that level of right to know, to understand. The right to ask questions, the right to be part of this, the right to consent. Those little things are things that are going to build and help you step more and more into this power 
and this sovereignty because women are sovereign in birth. I was talking to a mom on the phone last week and told her that is my fundamental core premise is that women are sovereign in birth. And I'm going to support you. I'm going to encourage you. If I have a mom who I don't feel like is eating as well as she should, I talk to her about that (laughs) because I have beliefs and uh, standards of care that I think are important. But I also feel like a woman is sovereign and I respect her enough to say, I respect and honor your sovereignty. This is what I'm seeing and I want to give this to you. I want to share this with you. And you take from it what you will. I hope that you listen to me. I hope that you can receive that. And I hope that because often when, especially in that circumstance, when a woman isn't eating well, there's often other stuff going on. Like she's worried about, I have had a mom who was really worried about the finances and her husband had to step in and say, look, I don't care how much the food costs, you and the baby are worth it. Um, and I've had women who have emotional hangups about food and that sort of thing. And so my my job and mama baby birthing and mama baby rising is to support you where you are and help you if I feel like something would help you help find the support that makes that right for you or to honor and respect you saying, you know what, that's just not something I can do right now, Kristen. And that's, but that's where I come from is this place of sovereignty and respect and support. And that's what you deserve. No matter who your care provider is, no matter who you're working with throughout your pregnancy, if it's friends, loved ones, your husband or partner, your doctor or midwife, that's what you deserve, is for them to recognize your sovereignty, that you are a beautiful, powerful, amazing woman, that you are an embodiment of feminine abundance and power and beauty and strength. And that this is a time to honor you and to step back and to say, this woman is amazing. How can I support her? And for you to step into that, not in a selfish prima donna kind of way, but in literally, I am a powerful, sovereign, beautiful woman. And as I step forward into this, I am serving my baby. I am serving my family. I am serving my world. I am stronger and confident. I feel amazing And even on days that I don't feel amazing, I can be gentle with myself and honor myself. And by doing this, I'm supporting myself and my baby. And I can receive the support and love that's coming to me. And I can make my voice heard. And so I know this podcast episode has gotten long. So I'm going to leave you with that beautiful sovereignty. I want to invite you that if you're interested in Mama Baby Birthing or working with me through Mama Baby Rising, check out mamababybirthing.com. There's information there. If you've got any questions, you can shoot me an email, Kristen at naturalbirthandbabycare.com. I would love to support you in this pregnancy. Just let me know if you've got any questions or any thoughts. If you have any thoughts that come up after you listen to this episode, I'd love to hear them. But I want to leave you there in that power, feeling supported, feeling powerful, finding small ways to step into that power, even if you feel a long way from it right now. Because you are sovereign in this experience. It is a beautiful experience. And the you that you become through this experience is a gift to yourself, to your baby, to your family, and to the world. It is literally what we as a world need. So you are strong, mama. You are powerful. You are sovereign. And you are supported and loved. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.